0: Listening to Interlace Podcast, the podcast covering internationalization in culture and education. My name is Christophe Fredriksson, and next to me is Mirko Varano. Today we will address one of the major aspects of the internationalization of higher education, and probably one of the most powerful and exploited tools for the internationalization at universities all over the world. International
1: Student Recruitment. Please introduce us to the topic, Mirgo. International Student Recruitment has always been very high on the agenda of universities, um, although in Europe it boomed a bit later than in other parts of the world, especially the English-speaking universities that have a higher focus on profit. In the EU, internationalization started as a collaborative process for non-for-profit, the number of students and families that can afford studies abroad started growing dramatically at the beginning of the 21st century and it kept growing exponentially actually Um, this is especially thanks to the growth of uh, india china southeast asia and some latin american countries the total number of international students uh, meaning students studying abroad in the year 2000 was two million Today, 20 years later, is about 7 million. So, this generated a huge interest, uh, more efforts in the recruitment actions of universities, uh, growing number of international recruitment fairs, agencies, transnational education initiatives, and so on. So, we are reaching a saturation point now. Uh, so, even more efforts are required from the side of European universities in this sense and this is also because the net exporting countries are becoming importers and i'm thinking of asia here and now we are in the middle of uh, of the covid crisis uh, and this is the third reason why more efforts in this sense will be needed in the coming years due to the negative image casted on europe in particular in this sense so we are hearing today of uh, chinese students who are considering to not to study abroad any longer not to come to europe uh, well for right or wrong but uh, this is the image that was provided and Uh, resilience uh, and services in this sense are becoming more and more important. So let's see what will happen in the next future in this sense. Today we have with us the founder of one of these companies focusing
0: on international recruitment at bachelor level with a service-minded approach and a solid reputation. Student Recruitment tools based in Sofia in Bulgaria. This interview was made early this summer. Let's listen to it. Svetelina Ivova, I am so, so happy to have you online. How is life?
2: Life is amazing, Christopher. Nice to talk to you, see you and hear you.
0: Are, where are you in the world right at the moment?
2: I'm actually in Lisbon, Portugal. I have been here for the past exactly four months. And uh, I must say I pretty much like being on the ground for the first time for such a long time. Yeah. Uh, my last trip was uh, in Nicaragua and I came here for like a week or so and I've been here ever since and discovering a lot of new things to do when you don't travel. <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah. Before we continue I would like to... Uh, Mirko cannot join us today unfortunately but he sent his best regards and uh, for the listeners the, the reason why we contact you is because Likewise. you are you are running company since a few years ago, who, which is called Student Recruitment Tours. So, could you please tell us briefly what Student Recruitment Tour is and what is the deal with it and uh, what you offer to whom and what are your main activities and services?
2: Sure. Um, yeah, so SRT is uh, my company for 10 years now. Uh, I was supposed to celebrate big happy birthday in Barcelona because that's where it all started but um, that will happen virtually. Um, So we organize events, uh, usually uh, university fairs, now um, more webinars and virtual conferences uh, with which we connect students, high school counselors and university admissions officers. So for the high schools, we are kind of their external career fair organizer that deals with uh, all the logistics, the pre-event information, uh, student support while universities they identify us as their um, friendly hassle-free partner who introduces them to to students Um, we work with uh, mainly international schools so at our events uh, we bring uh, very well prepared brief students to meet with university admissions officers tours because we combine countries so um, we are uh, passionate travelers and when we go to I just mentioned Nicaragua we also go to Guatemala Costa Rica Honduras so we connect countries and uh, usually within a week we introduce universities to at least four cities or four countries in a tour format
0: Mm -hmm. so so you work uh, the the countries you mentioned is Central America but you uh, is that your region or do you work in with other regions
2: Yes, actually, that's one of the many regions. Uh, currently, it, it is my favorite one to travel to, to be <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, our main operation would be in Europe. So we cover Eastern, Central, Western, North, and Southern Europe, um, Central Asia, uh, and Latin America. Currently, uh, we have been doing fairs in Central America, Mexico, and Dominican Republic, um, but With the recent experience of virtual events where we have been able to reach out to practically every country there is uh, We have seen a huge potential for our model in South America. So that would be a new exciting thing to look forward to when that whole situation is over. But currently we are in 35 countries Europe Central Asia and the Americas.
0: I know that your success story can be very inspiring for many people who plan to open their own activities but they think they don't have the, the means to do so. Uh, could you please tell us more about how you came up with this idea, was it 10 years ago and when and how it developed over the years?
2: Yeah, so. Um... First of all, I'm flattered that you call it a success story. Um, Mm. (laughs) I hope I can inspire someone, but there have been a lot of surprises and ups and downs, of course. Uh, Yes, it started 11 years ago. I went to university in Spain, in Barcelona, and uh, as part of my program there, I had to write a business model or analyze an existing business or an idea for my own business. And honestly, I had no idea at the moment what I wanted to write about. I did not have a business model that would be personally intriguing at the moment. Um, So I really wanted to work under the tutorial of my favorite professor at university. So I said, okay, I'm going to write something about recruitment, something about human resource. Um, And it wasn't until I got my job there um, in Spain, my, my last job, that I knew that education was my field so what happened is uh, while i was already at university i uh, got a job as a, as a student recruiter admissions officer at a private business school in barcelona and uh, i live very personally the process that uh, each student undergoes in order to achieve their dream i mean as, as much as it sounds a cliche you're thinking about uh, students who are 16 to 18 years old at the time um, usually they have to make a choice for the next three four for three or four years of their life, um, they tend to make that decision based on external factors uh, such as what my parents want, what is trendy, what is well paid, um, how the university advertises themselves. So um, I was convinced already working in the university that there is a huge gap between um, what the student thinks they want, what they can do, and what is actually the best, the best for them. Uh, so, the idea of offering a service within a high school where the students are in their comfort zone and they speak directly with the university professionals that would later take that admissions decision kind of grew on me over my uh, work experience at that business school. And this is how I came up with SRT. So, that was the initial idea. Mm. Um, I presented it uh, as, as my as my graduation project. I got a very low grade for it. My teacher did not like it because it was a last minute decision what I would write about, and he was not happy with my <laughs> deadline. Um, and and he gave me a, not my not my tutor. It was my uh, my program director, and he gave me a really low um, low grade. And he told me that's a disaster. It would never work. So I should send him an email once uh, things work well. So. A couple of years later I did send that email and uh, I was really grateful for his, um, for him not believing in me um, because that was a really strong motivation. I said, well, Mia, of course I'm going to make it, it's written, it's there, it's on paper, it looks beautiful, I'm going to go to so many countries, So of course I'm going to (laughs) to make it work. I, I saw an opportunity because at the time a college fair was a very vague idea at many schools across Europe. Um, there are actually a few US companies already offering this format, but mainly with US universities. Yeah, and then the real challenge really started when I actually started traveling on those fairs that I <laughs> that I organized because I had so much to learn. I mean, I had no idea why um, my clients would be unhappy with the middle seat. I I, I had no idea what I diploma means. I had no idea what conditional offer means. Like so much to learn. And the more I saw that I have no idea of so many things, I was getting the more and more inspired and okay, I want to learn. I want to be with these people as long as I can. I want to listen to them. I want to Like download their brains. So for me, that was the best inspiration. The beginning was just like, okay, I'm, I'm young. I just finished school. I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to travel the world. But then I really got inspired by all these world of knowledge and people and cultures and uh, how to manage my time and all the logistics now i'm passionate about logistics so much
0: what would you see see like the main difference between your company and and the recruitment agencies
2: that's a very good question so uh, srt is considered to be an agency because it is a company offering service to universities and students Uh in a way But uh, so the recruitment agency, just like SRT, um, organize their own fairs and uh, their clients are the universities. The differences are that our revenue comes from a fixed participation fee that universities pay to have a booth at the fairs. Yeah. And that's it. So we would not charge commission if a student gets enrolled into that university. We would not get money from a student to attend our fairs. They're admission free. So basically, for agent to get all those students that they would be offering the universities they work with, they organize fairs to generate leads. That's that's one of the main difference. We organize fairs to serve the high schools and their specific needs of diversity of, of educational offer, while agencies would use their um, their fairs most of the times as a separate marketing, extra marketing tool to generate interest for their universities and generate more leads to identify new markets for new, new, new university partners. Also agencies would have to have a certain country focus in infrastructure um, because they have to meet with students, with parents, with uh, local authorities as well. Uh, when it comes to paperwork preparation, uh, we don't have that need. We are everywhere that we organize our affairs. So uh, with a main office in Bulgaria, we deal with the planning, uh, supervision of event and uh, overall contact, but we have a lot of freelancers based in those countries where fairs happen um, with the local knowledge. Uh, so we're not focused to be on one country's like right now I have the luck to be doing my job as well as I would do it from Bulgaria being based in Lisbon Portugal. Agents uh, would also limit the offer to students uh, to those universities they have established contract with um, SRT, as well as most fair organizers, in fact, um, we seek for variety, a uh, variety of participating institutions that will so- satisfy our audience. Um, in our case, that would be primarily high school communities, uh, students, parents, counselors. Uh, we're happy to welcome uh, free of charge institutions, state universities, big research universities, uh, small design schools, as long as this is what our students are looking for.
0: If I rewind a little bit, you, we have mentioned a few countries and regions and uh, what, what do you see as, as the, the main difference in terms of pros and cons between them and uh, when you organize your events on-site?
2: So, yeah, actually your, your question is, uh, is part of the answer, um, because okay. we're not region or country specific focused, we grow gradually as our team and, and expertise grows. Um, For example, we are as successful in Mexico, which is a top market for recruitment, as in the Dominican Republic, which is a very small Caribbean country with very few visits from universities. Why? Because we work hand-to-hand with the school counselors, so that's how every event gets born. We meet with the counselor, we meet with the students, we, we get to know their profile, we speak with their parents, so that we conduct an event that is useful for them regardless if we meet those students in dominican republic in, in mexico in russia or in poland for example
0: at this point of the pr- episode there should be some kind of dark music in the back- background which grows and we have a few minutes break <laughs> because now we're going to talk about what we try to avoid but it's totally impossible covid19 I guess it has obviously affected your activities in the past month. So, how did you cope with it, and how did you keep it going when all of a sudden all physical gathering were not allowed any longer?
2: Yeah, well, I guess the, the speed of the virus spread is kind of parallel to to how I personally have been uh, coping with it. At the beginning, of course, there was panic. Uh, oh my God, what do we do now? Um, when when it reached Europe, actually at the point that Italy and Spain was quite were quite hard hit and that was the first cluster of the, the pandemic in Europe, I had a tour happening in Spain. I had my team and, and, and universities um, in uh, Gran Canaria in, in Spain uh, ready to have a fair on the 9th of uh, March. And it was not until uh, fr- the Friday before the 6th of March when we actually got the actual numbers of affected cases in spain right. uh, there was not a lot of information beforehand so um, i had to react really fast and my amazing team dealt really well with it basically we had one fair everyone was already in gran canaria and after that fair we flew everyone back within the same day with okay. a couple of exceptions that you know enjoyed the the nice hotel and just another day of break uh, to go back home so after that episode of okay hands-on what do we have to do there was a little bit of, okay, now what? <laughs> Till when? <laughs> I, I, I love traveling. So I, I told you the beginning of our conversation has been four months, I can't believe that. I have enjoyed them a lot, uh, yeah. unexpectedly, The not traveling part. But uh, after, I guess, a couple of weeks in which we, by we, I mean our team, we just took very deep breaths and uh, okay, what can we do? What do we know how to do? What What are our people saying? What are our schools saying? What are the customers in need? Um, We needed a quick reaction, so we started organizing uh, webinars. Um, Everyone organizes webinars nowadays. Of course, we're all sick of webinars. I'm sick of webinars. I I watch most of the webinars on recording. But hey, they have done an amazing job filling that gap of personal meeting. If done well, the webinars are actually a very good tool of getting very precise and very detailed information from the institutions or people you're interested in. I have never in 10 years known so much about the universities I travel with um, because you never have time. So when you travel, it's um, get off the plane, get to the hotel, um, organize that reception, get up, get everyone on the bus, go to the school, set up the tables, yeah. get the material and so on, like a roller coaster. And, and I love it, that, that's my pace, that's our pace, that's how you know these, these events go. Sudden, we all had time to actually listen to each other, to actually meeting, you know, to have the face of that person you've been exchanging business mails for the past so many years, which I have really enjoyed. Um, luckily, uh, in my case, uh, there were no people who had to be let go. Well, from the company because we kind of, because first of all, we're not a huge team. Uh, we are a small team based in Sofia, Bulgaria, in the office, but then we have a lot of freelancers. So, obviously, the freelancers, lucky for them, they have another job. Obviously, there's no events right now for them to organize, but the core team stayed and we just all jumped into that new thing. So uh, my colleague, Katrina, who is our European School Manager became a WhatsApp chatbot. <laughs> she was talking to all the <laughs> webinar registr- registries um, yeah. on WhatsApp. Our team manager, mm-hmm. Pavel, who also deals with um organization of affairs in Eurasia became our um, Excel uh, specialist, the one who was doing all the reports and all the databases. So we adapted really quickly.
0: So this might answer my next question, uh, how, how do you see this international student recruitment scenario in the post-corona world? Uh, have you talked to your stakeholders and do you have any uh, feeling of the study abroad trends for bachelor students in the coming years or will there might be this kind of online interactions?
2: Definitely it will have changed a lot of our approach to uh, marketing uh, I would do much less marketing and much more uh, personal talking in the future. Um, much, much less material shipping from universities. Please, there are so many boxes of brochures stuck at schools, of, of schools, of universities that are going to visit those schools. And, you know, they never made it there. And, and, you know, we just realized that all that can be done with a nice conversation, with a nice presentation. So, I do think that um, recruitment, budgets, Will be much reduced in a positive direction. So much more mindful time, much much less um, swag and, and, and shipping costs. So um, that can be resolved. On a very long-term global perspective, I think this whole situation is changing so fast. I'm I'm still in that little you know, dizziness and roller coaster of what else can happen and what else can we learn and what else can be new. Um, I'm hoping uh, that be, between uh, other fair organizers, and, and that's a very, very brave hope, but you know, seeing how people have been kind of adapting to the situation, I do hope there will be a more dialogue between all our all the competitors because we all compete for for the same students, for the same clients. But I do hope that we'll find a way to, once we are all able to be back on the road, to kind of optimize our travels, to optimize our formats, to. Um, spend less of the time of the same people who have been too long in front of the screen, too long um, dealing with student anxiety, and just to be more, I'm talking about the counselors, just to be more their friend, their partner, who hold their hand and re-enter that, you know, new phase of, of, of admissions recruitment cycle that, that we can uh, do physically, rather yeah. than all of us kind of fighting for their attention. That, that's something that I've been thinking from the very beginning.
0: So if you should address potential future customers what would be your what would you present as the three unique selling points uh, that you would find that you, they wouldn't find anywhere else to convince them to join you
2: Again from the perspective of we are a company that organizes physical fairs but now we also do online things I would say that in both cases we are impeccably well organized uh, and all inclusive um, we're independent and impartial, so we would not recommend one or another institution because they have higher fee or, or, or higher in the rankings. And We don't promise things we cannot do, we're very honest, we're very knowledgeable, so you know that you work with people who will not sleep if needed to deliver what we've promised.
0: So if you look in the mirror, what what have been the most rewarding aspects of your activity in the past eleven years that keep inspiring you and convince you to keep running and constantly have to say expanding your activities?
2: Definitely the people, number one. Okay. Like all the incredible, incredibly different people as well that I've met on the road. I have so many stories with 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 human beings, with with, with just, you know. People, sorry. I believe we all do, but uh, for me, that's, that's definitely number one. The interesting life and uh, career I have offered to my staff um, because I did start uh, SRT uh, myself and for the first three years I was by myself and uh, it was quite tough and honestly, there were some moments that I, I was kind of losing perspective. It's a lot of work, a lot of logistics, a lot of new things to discover on your own, a lot of hits to receive your your yourself, but once you have a team that you're responsible of, and um, you kind of look from the perspective of how can I make these people enjoy that time they have given me, because really the, the, the employer, the employee is someone that is giving you their time. So I think I've made a lot of people very, very happy. Um, and for me, I am really personally satisfied uh, that I've always been uh, standing behind my principles in every situation. Um, I have not been tempted to um, run an agency within SRT, which is the where, where most of the money of this side of the industry would come from. Um, never never said no to a country for political ethnic reasons whatsoever. and uh, always like whenever there has been something going wrong, I've always owned it and taken the full responsibility. So, as a person, I'm happy that I have not lost myself. I don't call myself a businesswoman or CEO or any of those. I'm you know, Svetelina and, and I'm really happy with what I would achieve with my team, yeah.
0: Svetelina Ivova, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a super nice conversation.
2: Thank um, you, Christopher. Brought me to a lot of memories actually that, I, yeah. I, not that I have been avoiding, but uh, I like to live in the present. But uh, remembering how that all started and my dear teacher and, and all these travel stories, it's been a pleasure and uh, a good, good motivating thoughts for, for the future that you have uh, indicated me.
0: Well, Mirko, as you couldn't attend the interview, what, what's your thoughts and comments about
1: the interview with Svetlina? i think it was very interesting to listen to and the number of this type of actors has been also growing exponentially and in under many different formats and magnitudes in the recent years Uh, we have everything from freelance agents focusing on single markets to global organization with hundreds of employees and addressing multiple countries and continents so this was a very specific example Uh, many agencies have been heavily criticized i have to say although this was not an agency we have to underline this fact but the higher education institutions have been criticizing many of these uh, initiatives that are only for profit uh, and commercial Um, so uh, the role of these organizations can anyway not be neglected because they are there and they are useful in different ways Uh, especially if you want to access specific markets for example so some of these agents are running fully commercial business as I said um, aiming at creating the highest possible income for both families and universities um, others have a more service minded approach and offer truly meaningful services to match the needs of the students and the ones of the university and I think this was one of the cases. So we will follow up with other examples trying to focus on the good ones and uh, stay tuned for uh, a follow up and more examples in this sense and in this field.
0: Exactly. Stay tuned and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You have been listening to Interlace Podcast. Thank you.